You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and I am here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and Whitney Cole from Mission Maven. You know, we all want to use our gifts to save the world, right? Uh, if we could write the right words to save lives, we'd all do it, wouldn't we? Um, you know, our next guest on the Brand Butters podcast is trying to do that right now. And Whitney Cole calls herself the Mission Maven. Uh, it's the handle for her marketing company. But she, what she really wanted to do as a kid was become a pediatric cardiologist, like the uh, ones that saved her life after she was born with a congenital heart defect. She realized early on that she's better at writing than biology, though. So she decided to use that gift to promote life-saving technology made by geniuses who invent them. So the devices that get to use those who need them. So welcome, Whitney. That is quite a mission. Um, personally, my wife actually went through a heart defect when uh, when she was born as well and actually almost lost her life. So it's really uh, interesting to hear from someone that went through the same thing. She had myo- myocarditis, uh, but is now 34 years old and the beautiful mother of my eight-month-old. So I'm excited to hear about this story. Uh, it comes close to home. So Whitney Cole, thank you so much for joining us on the Brand Butters podcast. Hi. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And that's crazy about your wife. I mean, people think people think it's like, oh, congenital heart disease. It's like this um, thing that doesn't happen a lot, but it does. Like, like tons of kids have it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm glad she's here today. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, believe me, me too. I love her to death. And it's amazing because she's had no issues. And she was in and out of the hospital as a very young kid. And I didn't even hear about this for about until we were about a, a year into our relationship. And I sat there and I was almost into tears. I was like, "You, that's crazy. But it's kind of made her who she is. She seems like a very calm, you know, exactly. loving individual. And she understands how important life is. So, um, But we don't have to talk yeah. about her the entire podcast. It's all about you. So let's learn about Mission <laughs> Maven. Um, first off, tell us a little bit about, you know, how did you come up with Mission Maven and what is Mission Maven all about? Yeah, so um, the reason I chose Mission Maven is because I've worked in tech as a, as a marketer for tech for a while now, um, and then more specifically health tech, so focusing on like health technology products. And what you find in this space is number one, health tech companies um, health IT companies are very mission driven. They have a reason for existing. And often that reason is either making the job of doctors easier or saving patient lives or both. Um, so I, I focus on helping these mission driven companies get their message out to the world. And then the reason I chose the word Maven is because a Maven is someone who like has a really good understanding of difficult concepts, but then can translate them into language that's easy to understand by, you know, just your everyday consumer. So something you find with tech companies is that they really struggle to to put their message in words that's that's easy to understand by their customers. And so that's what I help them do. We get we dive into their subject matter expertise. I learn all about it and then I help them translate it into easily accessible language that their customers can understand and relate to. That's very cool, Whitney. And this is Scott. Thank you for joining us today. We're, we're, we're really fascinated by your story of growing up with a heart defect and, and what you call an otherwise normal childhood. Could you just backing up a little bit, could you tell us a little more about growing up and having this challenge and maybe how that trickled into what you've become today? Yeah. So I was born with congenital aortic stenosis, uh, which is basically like not enough blood is getting out to my body. Um, 
and when I was three, they didn't, when my mom was pregnant with me, they didn't know, um, they didn't realize that I had this condition when I was born. I seemed like a perfectly healthy, normal child. Um, my doctor, my pediatrician was about to send me home from the hospital and he was doing, you know, how they always do like those routine checkups. He's doing a checkup. He couldn't find a pulse in my leg and he said, well, let's check this out and see what's going on. So he did. And they found out that I had this congenital heart condition and that I needed surgery as soon as possible. Otherwise I would have, if I had gone home, my, the doctor told my parents, I would have either become very sick or passed away very quickly. Um, mm. So they caught it. It's like, it's even a miracle that they caught it. So I had surgery at three days old. Um, and then I had two more surgeries when I was, one when I was 15. Um, that was a valve replace, or sorry, a valve repair. And that valve repair is just, isn't, my body just didn't like it. It didn't work with it. So um, when I was 16, I had that valve replaced. Um, and because as a kid, I was, I wasn't really in and out of the hospital. I mean, I went to the doctor, I went to the cardiologist and the doctor more often than probably normal kids did. Um, but that experience in high school, especially made me be like, wow, I want to, I want to be a doctor. I had my surgeries, my surgeries in high school at Mayo Clinic. And like, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's just like the, the cool place. Like you walk around and you just like, you feel like, wow, this is where people, their lives get saved. And you just, I don't know, you kind of like grab into that a little bit. And I, so at that time I was like, I want to be a doctor. I want to help save other kids' lives. Other kids who are just like me. Um, I especially want to be a pediatric cardiologist. Well, I took biology and physics and chemistry and all that good stuff in high school. And I realized very quickly that I was in my forte, you know, um, but I had always been good at communication um, and writing and telling stories. And so um, I went to college as an English major and I, but I was always kind of sad. I was like, why? I wish I was a doctor. I had friends who were, you know, like they were majoring in biology or pre-med or whatever. And I was like, they're so cool. I want to be like, <laughs> but why can't I? Um, but then after I got out of college, I worked as like a content strategist and eventually I went out on my own um, and started my own business. And very quickly, well, not quick, not fast enough, but um, fairly quickly into the process, I realized that I loved working with health tech companies. And when I started to really think about it, it made sense because I am here today because somebody somewhere invented the tools that allowed my doctors to diagnose my congenital heart condition and the tools that allowed my surgeons to be able to perform surgery on me, right? Um, like kids, you, you know, kids like, 10, 15, 20 years before I was born, which was survived with that condition. So um, just, yeah, I, the fact that I'm here because of health technology and brilliant doctors um, is, I think, what connects me so strongly with health technology today and the, how fast it's changing. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. It's such a cool story. Well, in, in yeah, retrospect, yeah. right, like that you're still here and you're able right. to do this and this inspired you to become who you are and help promote life-saving technology, which not only is a business for you, but I assume that it's helping folks like you going forward and, and you're essentially saving lives and being a part of that. So cool. That's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> so tell us, um, you seem very passionate about this. You, you want to be a doctor and then and then that kind of dream gets gets put put on the shelf per se, but then you've kind of found a new way to come up. And I think this is really neat. It's kind of like the, the dream of a kid being a professional athlete. Well, not everybody's going to be a professional athlete, but you can still work in sports, right? You could still have a way of supporting that team because it's not just the quarterback who gets the job done. It's everybody. So tell us a little bit about when you had right. that aha moment, really 
because it seems like, you know, I want to be detailed here. I want to know when you just said, hey, this is going to be the idea and, 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 you know, forgive us for this. But when did you really believe in it with all of your heart? So, um, <laughs> so pun intended. I didn't realize it. <laughs> I didn't realize it fast enough. Um, but I did. I I actually had had someone point, else point it out to me. I was um, I was working with an advisor because I was I was you know like like everybody else. I think you need to. I think you need someone to come alongside you in your business, especially when you're young and you are trying to start this thing. Um, someone to come alongside you and like help you get to where you need to go. So I'm a huge believer in mentors and advisors. So I was working with an advisor and um, he said to me, we were talking about some of the clients I had had the most success with in the past and um, you know, why, why we just work so well together. And he's like, Whitney, why, you know, the people, and when I was sharing these stories with him, um, he, he was like, Whitney, all the stories you're sharing are, related to healthcare, their health technology companies, because I worked, I worked in tech um, and I wasn't just focused on health tech, but he pointed out like these technology companies that you work the best with are health tech companies. And he's like, why is that? And I was like, well, and then I started to think about it and I shared with him my own personal story of um, congenital heart disease. And he's like, well, that makes total sense. So it actually had to be someone else pointing it out to me. Um, and then once, once he pointed it out to me, it was like all the, all the light bulbs came on, you know, it was like everything clicked into place. And I was like, yes. Um, and you know, there, okay. So, um, Simon Sinek's book, start with why, um, you know, everybody talks about that, right? Start with your why, start with your why. And I could never figure out my why, like my why always sounded like everybody else's, which is, I mean, everybody else, you know, if this is their why, that's great. But for me, the reason I started my business when I actually started it was because I had a kid and I knew um, the, the employer I was working for wasn't going to allow me to be a good mom and a good employee. And I wanted to be both. I wanted to do what I was good at, but I also wanted to be a mom. Um, so I went out on my own and started my own business. And I thought that was my why. And I think, you know, ultimately it does come down to family and supporting family and things like that. But when this advisor says to me, Whitney, your why is actually helping health technologies get their message out so that they can support the clinicians so that they can get better patient outcomes so they can lower healthcare costs. That's your why. Like you're helping, you're helping healthcare, you're helping health tech companies so that you can ultimately help people like you. And when he like it's crazy to me that someone else had to say that to me but when he said it i was like yes that's it that's it so tell us a little bit, you know, on your on your website, you go through and it talks a little bit about struggling to get your message out. I think that can be across the board for anyone, whether you're in healthcare, whether you're in yes. sports, what it doesn't really matter. Like that's the real struggle of understanding your brand, but really telling people about that brand. Tell, give me an example of of maybe and it doesn't have to be an exact example, but just kind of how your process works or who your ideal client is. And and maybe if someone's listening to this, they go, oh, my gosh, th this is perfectly this is what we need to do, because I think it's really fascinating that you take some things that can be very complicated some things that people might not understand put those into words that everybody can understand and really pushes that mission so tell us a little bit about an example of, of what it's like to work with you and really what that ideal client looks like for sure so i'll give it i'll just to kind of um sum it up i'll tell a story of a client that i worked with um this client worked in the like reproductive health space so she had she had a period tracking app that she uh, launched and promoted here in the U.S. 
But her mission overall was to help women in developing countries get uh, access to contraception because in these developing countries, there can be uh, cultural taboos, um, you know, societal norms, economic reasons that women just don't have access to contraception. So her goal was to use technology to help women just be able to take charge of their reproductive health in these developing countries. So the way she does that is she has this app in the U.S. that helps fund her mission across the globe. Um, and what they were finding here in the U.S. is that they were really struggling to get brand awareness. They were really struggling to get their message out. And they were working really, really hard to do that. They were doing PR. They were doing conferences, um, all kinds of different things. Um, but they, they just weren't getting the traction they needed. And so what we realized when I came in and worked with them is that they were not creating content for their ideal customer. And I mean, they knew who their ideal customer was. They knew who needed to be using their app. But when they... Uh, you know, when they were actually creating content, doing PR, they weren't targeting that person. So it's kind of, it makes sense, right? A person who's going to use a period tracking app is a female in her reproductive years, right? Um, so that makes sense. But that's not who they were creating content for. So we sat down, we figured out who her, their customer was. Um, we figured out what types of content that person needed and wanted to read. And then we figured out what channels that person was on so that we could distribute the content in the right places. And as a result of that, um, so before she ran, they also ran a lot of ads. That's another thing they were doing, um, which isn't a bad strategy, but when it's not part of a really robust, omni-channel marketing strategy, it's just not going to work for you. So, um, so what they were finding is people would download their app and then they would either not engage with it. It would just sit on their phones and eventually, you know, go the way of all apps or they would delete it after a couple of days. Um, and so what we found though, once we started creating targeted content for her customer and creating content that um, was exactly what they needed to read and putting it in the right places, we found that uh, their engagement, so their sales went up for their paid version of their after sales went up 11%. Um, and then their engagement with their app on a weekly basis. So instead of people downloading it and then engaging once or twice and then deleting it, um, what we found is their engagement went up 393%. So they downloaded it and they used it on a weekly basis, which meant that we were, instead of getting customers who saw an ad and downloaded it and then never came back, you know, shiny object users, <laughs> we got customers who downloaded it because they wanted it and needed it and they used it ongoing. Um, so that's kind of the process. We look at the customer, who the customer is. We develop the messaging that's very targeted at that customer. And then based on that messaging, we come up with a whole content strategy that revolves around that messaging. And then we figure out where we need to put that content so that it reaches the customer where they live. I'm curious, how, how long did that, did that take? Yeah, no, yeah, that's absolutely. perfect. Yeah, excellent. That was great. I, how long did that take for that customer to get that sort of return with, with your strategy? That's a really good question because people, you know, we live in a day and age where people want quick wins. We live in like um, the microwave Facebook era where we get those endorphin highs and we get our food in seconds, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so I think people expect that business and marketing works the same way. However, when you invest only in those short-term quick wins, you're not going to be able to get the long-term results that you could. So um, it took... From the time we started till the time we started seeing those results, it took probably about six months. Um, so I tell people, you know, this isn't a, a three-month game, you know, or this isn't a two-week thing that we do. The strategy part of it can take up to six weeks in some cases. 
um, just to get all the strategy laid out, sometimes longer depending on the company and all the different, especially in health tech, there is sometimes, you know, like a lot, a lot of other industries, it's like a B2B model or maybe a B2C model, but in health tech, a lot of times that you have the B2B, so these health tech companies are selling to healthcare plans or healthcare systems, and then they have to sell um, B, B2B to C as well. So there's like that third component. So there can be a lot of complexity. So the strategy, if you don't invest the time in the strategy and figuring things out ahead of time, if you don't invest that, it's, it's kind of a longer commitment. Um, and if you don't invest that time into it, then the content's going to fail. And then you've got to give the content time to work. So at least six months um, to start seeing those kind of results. And tell me a little bit about um, your advice with what is the biggest mistake companies make with content? So what I see often, can I give a couple of mistakes? This question sure. is for Are me. I'm, re- I'm ready. Give, give them okay. all. I think this is this, this is fascinating from the perspective as you literally can go in there and, and, and strategize around it. And you're not looking for a quick hit. We live in that Instagram world. Oh, I want to see how many people follow me today. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about creating content exactly. over a large platform that actually brings real customers or real influence to the table. So that's what I want to know. And you yes. go after a customer, a customer reaches out to you and you walk in, and you go, Wow. I can really help. Like, what are the biggest mistakes you are seeing? Because there's a huge rat race for content. I mean, everybody's trying to be out there. You want to be relevant. You want to be top of mind. And I think a lot of people are doing it the wrong way. So number one mistake is they haven't taken time to figure out their message. And so their message is very unclear. Um, And what I see people do um, is they, instead of making their customer the hero in their marketing story, they make themselves the hero so all of their messaging talks about them and what they can do or their content talks about them and how amazing they are um and well there's a place for like oh we just got this industry award or you know we just did whatever there's a place for that it shouldn't be the main all the content you're putting out which is what i see happen a lot of times so number one is figuring out the messaging number two is um and making sure the messaging is clear and speaks and tells the story of the customer, not you. Um, number two is making sure that the content is actually relevant to the customer. Um, so if you're creating content about yourself, it's not going to, or your company, it's not going to be relevant to your customer. Or if you're creating content that's really jargony, you know, it's packed with words that customers, eye, you know, they, their eyes, even if they know the industry jargon, their eyes are going to glaze over when they read it. Um, that's another big one. Um, and, content that just it doesn't provide value to them it doesn't help them solve their problems it doesn't help them be successful i think what happens a lot of times is companies companies think oh my marketing needs to sell for me i need to be salesy in my marketing to drive leads that is exactly the wrong approach because if your customer is the hero i was an english major in college i think i said that right so i read a lot of stories if your customer is the hero every great hero has a really great mentor so whether it's harry potter or the Lord of the Rings, or the Iliad and the Odyssey, like every great hero in literature has someone who comes alongside them and helps them overcome their challenge, overcome their conflict, and be successful. And the company's role is that of a mentor. So the company is supposed to come in and guide them to success. But what happens a lot of times is those roles get swapped and the company becomes the hero, and the customer is the one who's supposed to help the company be successful. And when that's your marketing, it's, it's not going to work. I mean, you might get a few leads, but you're not going to get leads that love you and become your champion. 
That, that is amazing. I just wrote all of that down. Um, I feel that we really try to provide that as well at the Dunstan Group. And I think that what you've done is amazing. I feel like there's so many people that try to pat themselves on the back and say, look what I did. Look what I did. Yes. And, and I, I just don't understand that approach. You know, I'd rather see my customers and my clients, you know, be successful and, and me sit in the background and, and say, that was awesome. Like we worked together, we collaborated on yes. that. for the betterment of the community, the business, whatever the mission is at hand. Um, so well said, like that's, that's awesome, Whitney. Um, tell us, I, I'm, I'm interested, like working with the health tech. I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. There is money moving left and right. How do you get your message to them? And, and how can you be competitive in a, in a world that just seems like a lot of people would try to jump in here if this is a moneymaker? So are you talking about me getting my message to my customers or them getting their so, customers? So if it, customers? it's kind of like the uh, Mark Cuban always says this. So if you want to start a company, do not create a company that um, you have to create something that's different, right? Don't follow the lead. Like if there's something mm-hmm. there, you find a problem, create a solution. There's your company. Do not follow a trend, decide to be the next Yeti, right? So with you coming into this space, is there a lot of competition or is this something where people are going to go, wow, there's a lot of needs here. I'm going to jump in there because health tech is a multi-billion dollar industry. So I guess I'm asking, how, what's your competition like? What's the barrier of entry? And how challenging or difficult is it in that space? So, you know, I there's competition in health tech, healthcare, um, but there's not, there's always room to, you know, there's plenty of room to go around. There's always, like, there's always, there, because, like you said, it's a huge industry. Um there are, there's tons of space for good marketers. Like I can't help everybody, even though I want to. Um, and what I'm finding is that in this space, the marketers, um, we're, we're all friends or all, we're all becoming friends or we all look for ways to support each other. I, um, I'm about to launch a podcast specifically for health tech marketing. And so I've had a lot of marketers, I've been able to interview a lot of marketers who focus specifically on healthcare, health IT, health tech. And it's not like, Oh, we're competing. We don't want to talk to you. It's like, how can we help? You know, like, what can we do to help you? What can we do? What can I do to help them? That sort of thing. So, um, yes, there's competition, but it's not, it's not like, it's not, I don't, it's not, it doesn't feel cutthroat to me, at least not at this point. Maybe that will change, but I feel like because health tech is especially more like, uh, digital health, um, health IT, creating these technology solutions. And there's so many startups artists out there trying to create technology solutions that solve problems for healthcare um, systems and health plans. Um, it's kind of a new space. It's constantly evolving. So, you know, like people are, we just have to learn about it. And the barrier of entry. So I was an English major. I don't have a marketing degree. A lot of the other people I've talked to um, are similar. Like they have a degree outside of healthcare. They have a degree outside of marketing. Um, but they understand marketing, they understand humans, um, and they have some stake in healthcare. Like I've talked to a few other marketers in healthcare who they have, a, it may not be the same reason as I have to be interested in health tech, health IT, digital health. Um, but they have a stake in the game of, of like something, something personal. Um, so it's not, and it, that's not like the only thing, like there are other there are other reasons to get into health tech, but when it's, when you make it about the money, you know, um, it's hard to, it's hard to come up with that why that really resonates with customers. So the barriers of entry are low to get into the health tech space as a marketer. Um, but you do have to eventually like, you have to be constantly learning. So learning the lingo, learning the, um, all the acronyms that 
healthcare people throw around because they're a ton and it's confusing. <laughs> um, and like regulation is constantly changing for health tech. So I don't have to have as fast on regulation, but I do need to have a basic understanding of it. That is so refreshing to hear that actually companies and competitors are working together for the betterment of an industry. So props to you for that. Um, so what we want to do is, is, is learn a little bit about how we can get in touch with you. Um, we love the mission that you're, that you're doing right now, Whitney. It's going to be really exciting. Congratulations on the podcast. We'll definitely be a follower and listen to those. But tell me, you know, if a customer or if somebody is interested in working with you, what's the best way to get in touch? Sure. Yeah. So I am very active on LinkedIn um, and I love connecting with other like-minded people there. So that's a great place. Um, and also on Twitter, but not as active. Um, I don't know. It's, Twitter's overwhelming. Do you guys do Twitter? Like it just overwhelms me sometimes. <laughs> that's the one thing we don't do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's hard it's, to keep yeah, up with. I just can't keep up with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So I get on there and post and I schedule posts and whatever, but I'm not really... If you try to message me on that, I probably would answer. <laughs> um, you can you can email me at Whitney at themissionmaven.com or you can visit my website at uh, sorry, you can visit my website, <laughs> themissionmaven.com. I also have a free resource about um, customer avatar modeling and brand messaging. Um, so if you go to uh, themissionmaven.com slash brand builders. I'll, I'll make a special page for you guys. <laughs> uh, if you go to that page, I will have a link to an ebook there that your listeners can download. Very cool. Thank you for that. What, what will be the name of your podcast? Just so we know and can share. Yeah, it's going to be mission marketing. There we go. Awesome. Well, we and feel honored to have a be focused Sorry about oh, that. Go ahead. I said, we feel honored to have a backslash on your website. Like, that's fantastic. A little brand builders. Yeah, yeah. After 70 podcasts, we have our first person that has told us we get a backslash. Let's do this. Awesome. <laughs> Seriously, really? So, I okay, I feel like people need a good way to track, you know, if they track, you know, like what they get out of being on a podcast, right? So, how do you do that if you don't? You don't have a special like a special landing page. I don't know. I love it. You know what? That's actually yeah. That's something that 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 is is brilliant. We do a lot of it through social media. We promote those as well, and and we give the ability for our for our uh, our audience or actually excuse me our guests to share those as well. But but this is just another step. So we def definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And Whitney, thank you so much for coming on. It's really cool to to listen to somebody that has a story really from birth and it's really made you who you are and, and, and maybe you didn't get to become that doctor of your dream, but you're now living a different dream that's taking you on that path. So really like proud of you for that. That's awesome. Really cool story. I can't wait to, to follow and, and listen to the podcast and just really see where, you know, the mission Maven, uh, Maven goes from here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been fun. Thank you, Whitney. Wishing you the best over the holidays and, uh, Thank you so much for, I mean, you're, you're just helping doctors save lives. That's amazing. That's awesome. Amen. Thank you, Whitney. And uh, we will, <laughs> yeah. we, we'll talk to you soon. Everybody, if you want to get in touch, please check this out. Missionmaven.com slash brand builders. Thank you. You've been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the Dunstan group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.